In this episode, we'll discuss the peaks and valleys of the side hustle, educating yourself on more than design, and the value of a creative outlet. Welcome to Colored by Design. This discussion series looks at design issues through a uniquely biased lens. Our hope is to empower a new breed of creative as they enter into, mature, and navigate through the business world. I'm Corwin, Senior Global Creative Director. And I'm Jesse, Senior Experience Designer. Let's get into it. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How's everything? Good. Yeah, good, good, good. I uh, I didn't come in here with a topic today, but we've stumbled on one, I think. Yeah. Our, our, we've been sitting here for like 30 minutes, just hit <laughs> the, the button. Yes. Um, but we as designers in our day-to-day job don't always get the opportunity to express our full creativity. Mm. I think that, you know, we all have jobs to do and we all have things that... Um, it's not necessary for you to do all this motion animation stuff like that's not your we're, we're you know we're doing this one specific thing over here right and you're way off in left field wanting to do this other stuff right so a lot of us have um you know these side hustles that we're doing you're and, and we were talking about about one of your side hustles that you've got going that you're really yep. really excited and passionate about and totally. i think that you know having that consistently day-to-day at your day job can be difficult and it can be really important to have that thing that you're working on on the side but one of the things that i've been thinking about and i've had some experiences in trying to do a few of these things is what do you think about when you're looking for uh, partners to work with on uh you know if you have a side hustle that you want to do uh how do you how do you go about picking people to do that with man i think the hardest thing about it i've been down this road a lot of times i'm kind of a lightweight serial entrepreneur Mm -hmm. um haven't had the big paydays yet, but yeah. hope that some are still around the corner. <laughs> um, but really, I think the number one thing you need to look for is shared interests. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't mean that you're both designers. Doesn't mean that you're both, you know, of the same, grew up in the same town. It's like you need people that think like you think. Yeah. Um, or at least can flow the way you think. Yeah. We don't have to be agreed because I, I, I need, um, I need, uh, different opinions yeah i don't need another me sitting in the room yeah i need an, an, an you know the antithesis of me sitting in the room so but in, in that same spirit like for right now working on a side project with some friends um and partners really and uh one's a one's a developer yeah one's a a sure enough businessman like a, a hardcore business guy like mm-hmm. hey <laughs> you know business first and then a designer and myself yeah and but we all if we're all sitting down talking smack having a good time mm-hmm. we speak the same language yeah. but when we start putting on our individual hats you know i got on my design hat and problem solving you know kind of product hat mm-hmm. um you know one has on his tech development compliance build it hat the other one has on the business grow it market you know spreadsheet hat yeah we're all looking at it from different perspectives yeah and what's really nice about having that 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 same kind of hustle, that same kind of energy, that same kind of vibe is that inside our respective lanes, yeah. we can just do our thing and bring the things that are important to us or are concerned to us or, or another way of looking at the problem through those lenses. And we, we don't stumble over each other. We don't yeah. get offended at one another. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, it's really, so that I would say definitely some, some synergy like that. Is, yeah, because you know, part of the thing that you're trying to, I think, fulfill in these side gigs is the feeling of being in control complete control of what your output is um or you know just wanting to be 
able to say, I want to do this thing and do it. Now, when you're building something that's a little bit more serious, you, you know, you do have constraints that you're still trying to figure out and problems that you need to solve um, that you need additional inputs on. Um, <clears throat> but being in a position where you can work with people who have different strengths than you, totally. uh, where you do have that kind of ability to easily coexist and you're not stepping on each other's toes yep. is really nice, especially when you're looking for that outlet thing to do. Right. Um, which I think I, I've noticed so many um, of my designer friends have something like that. And I feel like, you know, a lot of us, even when we're thinking about what we want to do on a day to day at, you know, the, the biggest name companies or whatever, um, it's, it's still really rare to get people who are doing exactly what they want to do as they want to do it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really hard to find unless you build it yourself. And even when you build it yourself, you know, I mean, I, I've, you know, like I said, serial entrepreneur, had my own little design firm and yeah. worked on various projects. And even once you start getting these quote unquote better job titles, you think, ah, oh, finally, I'm going to get some control. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm going to walk in the room. They're going to do what the hell I say. Oh, no, they are not. <laughs> That's the last thing that's getting ready to happen. So uh, dispel that myth right now. Yeah. But it is. And even when you're, um, you know, you have your side thing. What I really think is good about the side thing. Yes, it is an outlet. But the side thing lets you solve problems in a way that you might not be able to solve them at work. Yeah. And that's what's really liberating. Yeah. You know, you can say, wow, at work, because we work in these big machines and they have commitments to hundreds and hundreds of thousands of customers yeah. and millions of dollars and shareholders and all that stuff, I get why they can't do some of the things that totally. we young bucks would love to do. Yeah. Um, so it does give you a chance to go and say, let me see if I can spin it up this way. But what's really helpful about having worked in larger companies, medium-sized to large companies, yeah. is that when you are doing your own thing, you're bringing some of that perspective as mm -hmm. opposed to this like pie-in-the-sky, idealistic view of what you can do. Yeah. You start saying, wow, oh, I remember that product manager was giving me the blues about this technical integration and how that did... Yeah, I'm sitting over here now. Ah, I see his point finally. Mm -hmm. It's cool because it helps you really appreciate other people and you start to learn and to listen more as opposed to just being on guard and defense and trying to justify your point when you're at work. Yeah. So it helps you at work. Yeah. You know, I even tell some of my, my, my team, I'm like, look, every, I think we've said this before, I believe everybody should do their own thing at some level. Yep. Start your own freelance business, uh, uh, you know, try to build your own whatever, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's a physical thing or a digital thing, build something, run your own Facebook ads. Yeah. It doesn't cost you a lot. You can go out there and do some experiments with Facebook for 50 bucks and yeah. see how hard it is to really successfully market something. Yeah. You know, it gives you a better appreciation for what you're going to experience in the work environment. You can be a better partner at work then too, yeah. you know? Yeah, you know, I, I've I think that a lot of us are still looking for that perfect outside partnership. Um, I've been in a few situations where it's difficult to balance um, your your day job and then what you're doing on the side, uh, especially when your day job is taking the majority of the attention as it should, mm -hmm. since it's paying the bills um, and mismatched expectations with what you are expecting and what the people that you're working with are expecting, yeah. especially if you pick up, you know, some of these freelancing gigs or some of these like time for equity things with various startups that are out there, like on AngelList. Mm. Um, I've done a couple of those and it's been personally difficult to balance 
their to manage and this was a couple of years ago but just to manage their expectations with mm. like the amount of time that i'm able to dedicate to this project per week um while also still you know not wanting to come home from one job and start doing another job right because that's not the job that i'm trying to get this position to play right um and so for you you know as you've been with your various businesses that you that you've started in the past or what what are some tips that you could possibly give to our listeners about how you structure your time in, in doing some of these things oh man i was just listening to gary Vaynerchuk and he was talking about you know that work-life balance mm-hmm. thing and he's like he's like it, 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 it's such a a bs comment you know he's yeah. like i don't like it because who am i to say what how you should balance your time right you should do what you love to do and 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 make that work yeah you know he said now now he said if you're if you have a family and stuff like that you have to juggle that because yeah you know some people might say oh I leave my job at five o'clock to go home and spend time with my 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 spouse and my kids yeah um, but when you're at home you're distracted you're doing work that you couldn't finish it you know, work and now you brought it home and you're on the phone late night to some blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. so it's like, are you really spending quality time? So that is a tough one. I mean, if you're, if you're uh, uh, single and, and don't have a, a, a serious committed relationship, then mm-hmm. I think by all means, this is a great time to, to do that. Um, when you get into a relationship, even at a, you know, kind of a dating level, um, you're going to have to balance it, right? You're going to have to make sure that, you know, Everybody understands what you're doing, and you still have to make time for people. But I think really you have to just figure out what's important to you. Yeah. What's important to the people in your life that you're um, in relationships with or want to just hang out with. Or, yeah. you know, you might be into intramural soccer leagues and those kinds of things. That's awesome. You just got to figure out how to balance it. Yeah. But I think the first thing is really it's, it's cool to go in the lab and get lost for hours and days and weeks. Yeah. I hope that it's just productive lost. Yeah. I hate getting in the lab and I'm like, I've been spinning my wheels here and I haven't learned anything. I haven't done anything. I haven't accomplished anything. Yeah. So I think part of it is setting out, you know, goals, objectives. What am I trying to achieve in this time that I'm going to go in the lab here? You know, yeah. so, you know, definitely first to really make sure you're aware of the people around you and, and, you know, do you owe them time? Do you want to spend time and be true to that? And then two, try to map out a, a, a plan. Hey, I need to get through option A, B, C, and D by this type of time frame. Yeah. Time box your time and try to commit to it. I, I would say you got to do that because you're going to get burnt out. You're going to get tired. Yeah. You know, so that would be, I definitely think, the first tip is really try to get the time management part right. Yeah. I think that you, that feeling of flow that you brought up, that getting in the lab and being lost, I think, I think that kind of points to another tip that I would personally give, which is don't do it. Unless you are 100% passionate about it, yeah. Especially one of these these side gigs, you know. I, I know, oh, yeah. And 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 you know, in my own personal experience, I've I have always felt the need to do more, and mm. I just enjoy I, I enjoy design, right? Uh, and I want to be able to flex different muscles yep. than I do at my my daily job, yep. um, In order to be a more a more well rounded designer and, and you know business person, and so I want to learn how to do different things, and so. I'm looking for other things to do. Um, and if you aren't a hundred percent like behind it, passionate about it, mm-hmm. I think that you run into issues where you aren't necessarily willing to do that one day of like seven hours of work after work because you haven't been able to do anything all week mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Um, 
And so, you know, moving forward, I think that's what I'm looking for. Like if I, if I accept, you know, start wanting to think about what is something that I can do in my, in my spare time or, you know, outside of my, my day job to kind of flex those muscles, it's got to be something that I'm 100% about Yep. so that you can get in that feeling of being, you know, just doing something and not knowing what time it is. Right. Um, which is super fun. Yeah. And, and even, you know, when we started this, this podcast, mm. um, we were looking for an opportunity to kind of, I think, one, to, to link up more often. Yep. Um, since we, you know, we're working different jobs now. And two, as a way to exercise some of that creative freedom right. and getting to build this this uh, from the ground up, and um, I think you know learn about the the different methodologies for growing these things, and you know, so it's a fun little thing to be able to do. Yep. You know, once a week, it doesn't take too much of your time, too much of my time. Yeah. Um, but you know, even this um, is something that has helped kind of keep that spark of pushing myself forward right and i think that you know employers like that for folks who are listening yep um well good employers do yeah if they can find something to help keep you engaged with with your work um i think that's something that is really valuable you you come in to the office feeling more refreshed and engaged if you had the opportunity to kind of focus on other things that are going on well two things i'll hit one i'll come to that point about you know, it's 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 a good thing to have other passions. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to just run. Mm-hmm. They like to jog. They like to. Some people like to serve in their community. Um, other people like to build and tinker. Some people like to do like. There was this one girl at our job. She was our SEO specialist, mm-hmm. but she did uh, like laser cutting and yeah. stuff. She bought her, you know, invested in a laser cutter and all this kind of. It's like, whoa, you do that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So she'd make these awesome things out of laser cut stuff. Who would have thought, you know, but she came to work happy because she could geek out and have her fun and test these different materials. That brings a a happier employee into the office. If you have nothing but work and work, if you love it, then that's a win. But if there's parts of your day job, which I think we all have, that bug you and that's all you have. You, I, for me, I need something else. Yeah, I'm a tinkerer. Yeah, I'm a builder. And when, and my wife knows it. When I don't have something to tinker with, Corwin is not a happy person. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'm all up on her, and she's like, "Why don't you go find something?" <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, so that's huge. And I'm gonna go to this uh, Harvard Business Review has an article that says, you know, why I encourage my best employees to consider outside job offers. Mm-hmm. And most managers and most directors in a company, a lot of people are just like, hey, you know, don't, uh, you know, hey, you, are you interviewing? What, like, are you on LinkedIn Are you on right LinkedIn now? Right now? <laughs> As a matter of fact, I am. Oh, what you got? I've embraced it because yeah. you're a fool to think that people aren't entertaining other offers. Mm-hmm. You're a fool to think that recruiters aren't looking out for them, especially if you've hired good people. Mm-hmm. You have an organization that's doing good work and that they're excited about and they're sharing the word spreads, even if you're on, like there's this woman um, that I follow, she works at American Airlines and she does really cool graphic stuff for American Airlines. Mm-hmm. And I just hit her up one day, I said, hey, you know what, Autumn? I really like your stuff. I've just been following you for the last three or four years. I don't remember how we got connected, mm-hmm. but great work, awesome stuff. Yeah. I'm not trying to, I was just giving her a shout out. Yeah. Now, one day I might have a job, I'm like, you know what, I should reach out to her and offer her a job, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But. So all that to say, it's like when you do that, what happens is that you tell you give a a different 
swag. I mean, you come off like, whoa, this dude is so confident. Yeah. He's cool with me looking at other job offers. Yeah. Because you know what you have at your at your current company. I, I know what we have. Yeah. Now, and, and I mean, you and I had this conversation before. It's like, hey, if you come to me and say, hey, man, I got this job offer where they're offering me another 30% more than what I'm making here. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, well, what do you think about the job? Yeah, well, you know, it doesn't really have what I want. I don't have this. I don't have that. It's like, well, hey, look, I can compete with them on those things. We mm-hmm. can put you in better positions to give you more exposure to this, that, and the other. If you're looking for that dollar raise to that degree, mm-hmm. man, I might not be able to match that. Mm-hmm. But go check it out. If it works for you, then I wish you all the best. You know, give me yeah. some time to transition because you got a lot of knowledge and insight, and I don't want to lose you. But if it doesn't work out, you know, great. Yeah. Not a lot of people I've heard, I've experienced it, not personally, but I've had people that their boss will tell them, let me know if you got something else. I don't want to be caught, you know, flat footed if something's <laughs> wrong. And they're like, oh, hey, by the way, somebody reached out to me. And they're like, oh, you beep and bleep and bleep and bleep. <laughs> You're fired. You're fired. Get out of here, you traitor. <laughs> it's like, so now you come off as disingenuous. Right. And a punk. Yeah. It's like, dude, I'm not stupid. Yeah. I'm not. It's, 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 it's ridiculous, you know. Yeah. So, so definitely have an outlet. Be passionate about other things for sure. The other thing that I wanted to say is going back to the, um, I never heard the term that you said, uh, sweat for equity or, mm-hmm. you know, I've never heard that, but mm-hmm. I guess it's where you're saying, hey, come contribute to our project. We'll give you equity in based on your contributions. If yeah. we integrate it or use it or, or whatever, right? Okay. Time for equity, yeah. Time for equity. A lot of startups uh, will do that when they're strapped for cash. That's interesting. And yeah. uh, I think that, especially when you're doing work like that, what you fail to capture is the feeling that you're in control a lot of the time um and then you know i think there are folks that are out there that understand that i'm not actually paying this person in cash um you know like i'm I'm wanting them to buy into this idea that the company is going to be worth something at some point but for me i've noticed in my own life that even if you do want to sign up for one of these sweat for equity things um, it's useful to have some small dollar amount attached yeah. um, because it's really difficult for you to give up your time in the evening after you've gotten home from a long day at work on working for something that someone else is asking you to do um, and then the, the, uh, just for the promise of like possible recom- rec- recompense in, in the future. Right. Um, I like the idea, but I, I think even when you have these sweat for equity type things, um, I would advise that if you accept, accept maybe at a discounted hourly rate, but not at zero. Because when it's yeah. at zero, it's it's really difficult um, to stay focused on those things. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't. That one's that one's tough, right? Because if it, I don't mind doing it if it's legitimate. Yeah. Right. I, I don't have a problem. I've done it. I've done it in, in, uh, before. I didn't I never heard the term time for equity, but it mm-hmm. wasn't an exchange for, you know, shares in a company. Um, and I've, I've done it recently where I was on a board of advisors for a deal. And, you know, we we which was great. The company paid us, mm-hmm. you know, for work we were doing. But like, you know, part of the fee, they said, hey, would you mind if we defer that payment into a convertible note and mm-hmm. then that'll transition into, you know, equity shares down the road? And they've honored every step of that agreement. Yeah. I've known the people for a very long time and they're above board and I had every reason to trust them. So we did. And it's been working out just fine. Yeah. So that's cool. I had another guy way back in the day that was like, hey, I'm trying to do this startup. Would really like for you to be a part of it. This was back in the, you know, 
everybody's doing a startup days, so yeah. everybody's getting rich. So you're like, heck yeah, I'm down because yeah. you never know what <laughs> dumbass idea off. is gonna pop, yeah. right? So and that one was a complete ruse, right? Yeah. The dude, I mean, he tried. He just had a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and you can design the hell out of a bad idea; it's still a bad idea. Yeah. And so that didn't pan out. I was just cleaning out some drawers the other day and came across the the, the, you know, the agreement. <laughs> I'm like, this might as well go up and smoke. Um, but that's interesting. I think if you're going to do it, try to be, man, because again, right? Um, you never know who's going to be the next yeah. Facebook, Twitter, blah 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 blah. I mean. You know, and that's why all the VCs even, right? They're investing in all these different companies and all these startups, and they don't know which ones are going to pay off. Yeah. You know, and I don't, you probably know better than I do how many, you know, companies, VCs, you know, bet on, and, and you know, they, 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 the ones that actually come come to fruition, probably, like, you know, I would imagine only probably 10 or 15%. Yeah. Something crazy. I don't know. Yeah, I think, you know, for a lot of people, especially, you know, a lot of young, aspiring people um, in our industry, specifically in technology, they have tangential experience with people who are working in one of these companies that you know got in early and they, you yep. know they got all this equity and now you know they're set yep. um and a lot of you know, a lot of us want to replicate that we, you know we want to do more in order to do more you have to uh, do more yeah. so you, you know you might be on the angel list looking for these interesting things and looking for opportunities to oh where can i hop in or what sounds interesting to me um, and I think the trap that you fall in is don't do it unless, like I said, you're actually 100% passionate about it. That's going to help you yeah. get past, even if it is just strictly time for equity. Like, oh, actually, this is just fun for me, so I'm going to do it anyway. Yep. And if I can parlay this into some sort of equity deal, that's great. Um, and, 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 and let me let me, let me me play the other side of that. Because okay. I do agree that yeah. you should definitely be invested in it and believe in it. Because... You're going to be putting your time into it, and and you want. Here's the thing I'll say. I think you have to choose who you're going to be. Yeah. Either you have to be 100%, or not maybe a full, you know, fully sold out for your cause, but you got to be like, hey, I'm really into this. Yeah. Or you might be a calculated person that says, this healthcare blockchain thingy majig mm-hmm. looks like a complete snooze fest. Yeah. But I'm going to put my sweat equity or time for equity into that deal because that probably has a better chance of making it than this awesome drone coca-cola delivery <laughs> service at the theater thing. yeah 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 yeah. even though that sounds like a whole lot cooler and more fun yeah you know it's like oh this one's consumer coca-cola movie theaters that could be awesome yeah but this hipaa compliant healthcare blockchain thing will probably be the one that makes billions of dollars behind the scene that nobody cares about yeah so if you are going to do things like that to, to keep yourself sharp or to take advantage of some of these opportunities that Jesse kind of you know shared, which I think the Angelus thing, I never thought to look there. That's a great, mm-hmm. great place to go find freelance hustle, Yeah, you know, that might have a mega payoff one day. Yeah, I like that. Um, but yeah, just decide, hey, maybe you are making a, a kind of a strategic bet and investing in something that might not be as exciting or you are doing some things that you're really passionate about. I think both are, are cool. Um, so just, you know, decide who you want to be. But in both cases, even if you might not be 100% passionate about the the healthcare thingy, Mm -hmm. do it right. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's your brand on the line now. Yeah. You can't go out there and mail it in whether you're totally sold out and passionate for it and it makes no money or it's going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Your name is going to be attached to that thing. Yeah. And they're going to remember that Jesse dude showed up and just gave us this garbage. Yeah. 
Or they're going to be like, man, our business didn't pan out, but that Jesse dude was a solid guy. I appreciate his help. Yeah. You want that on your, on your, on your personal unwritten track record. Yeah. Unwritten ledger. You know what I mean? Your unwritten resume that, yo, I went in there, did the best work I could for that thing that I thought had a shot. And, and your name is attached to it. So, so make sure you, 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 you think about doing right by the people you're engaging with. Yeah. Our industry needs you to stay solid, sharp, and, and excellent. And you want to stay solid, sharp, and excellent because you don't want a bad, a bad name. Absolutely. Man, I, I, I've, I've made a couple missteps there over the, over the years. And I think that, In which way? Um, in, in making sure that I'm doing right by the people that I'm engaging with. Mm. Uh, in these, these side hustle or, or freelance projects... Um, I, I've always delivered what was supposed to be delivered, but mm-hmm. I think that I could have been better in the way that I engage with people mm. in the way that I managed expectations or communicated what my expectations were yeah. in order to make sure that we had a solid engagement. And I think from those experiences is why I'm saying now looking at, and, and this could be just related to the person that I am, um, wanting to make sure that if I choose to do that again, I don't engage in the wrong way and yeah. so in order to make sure that that happens um, you know maybe I need to be passionate about it or I need to make sure that I can see some small carrot and more sooner than a convertible a convertible note that turns into equity yeah. four years from now right um, and another thing that I'll say and I, th- I think you made a great point there was um, I think we've talked in the past about reading technical documentation and not being afraid to get into those dev docs and just be able to speak the same language, even mm-hmm. if you don't necessarily understand everything that's being said. Right. Um, to say some of the terms that, you know, at least show like, hey, this person is vaguely interested or has done some sort of homework. Right. Um, the ability to read business plans is uh, something that I don't know that a lot of designers get. Right. Um, in our design education, I think it's something that can come up in, you know, as we enter into the workplace and start engaging with people. Um, you know, I think it's, it's obviously important for everybody to be able to do, but I think especially when you're working in technology um, and as design, you can feel a little bit separated from that product function. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to go through the, 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 the cool consumer Coca-Cola drone to the theater mm-hmm. idea versus the blockchain HIPAA compliance uh, idea, I, I think you know if you can look at those business plans and compare and contrast and understand what the value propositions are, um, I think that'll help you make better decisions there as well. I, I love that. First of all, let me go back to something you said. Everybody makes mistakes on how they engage with everybody. Mm-hmm. What I like that you said is that you're kind of reflecting and you're taking stock of your own self. Nobody had to tell you, mm-hmm. hey, Jesse, you blew it on this part. Or, hey, Jesse, I, you could have said this nice. Or, hey, Jesse, because people, I bet you the people that you're thinking of, they probably didn't have a problem with what you did at all. Mm-hmm. But I like, because I know you, you're looking at, dang, how could I have done that better? Ah, oh, that wasn't good enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's great. I recommend that everybody self-analyze. Uh, one of the guys at work, uh, Scott, he's like, when I'm driving home, I've got thing on a thing on a VCR rewind. <laughs> He's like, I'm old, so I still think of VCR, <laughs> you know, instead of like DVR or like, you know, scrubbing back, right? But he's like, I rewind the day and I'm thinking, oh, when I walked into that room, I could have been a little bit more, you know, whatever. Oh mm-hmm. man, when I said that, I could have said it better, da da da. So yeah. I like the 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 self-analysis mm-hmm. and then taking stock. And that's just great, right? You make it better. 
going to your idea about the technical documentation, we were just sitting here before we got on, as Jesse was saying, we were talking valuations and 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 shares and stock and calculations and how does it come up and the, these different methods and all that stuff. And it's it's fun to just learn about that. Mm-hmm. The internet is an amazing place. Yeah. And when you're down those rabbit holes of like legal ease and company valuations and stock and SEC compliance and regulations and such, you're going to get good information. Yeah. You're not going to get stuff like if you're out there on YouTube trying to find the next cryptocurrency that's going to go to the moon, mm-hmm. you're going to get a bunch of crap. <laughs> Don't listen to that, you know? Get yourself some blogs and websites that are, you know, from lawyers or, you know, financial analysts or intelligent people. Yeah. But the thing that I was going to recommend is going to that one great place are uh, as it relates to like learning. Mm-hmm. Two great places. Number 1, Go to these cryptocurrency websites. Mm-hmm. Go to like coinmarketcap.com, pick any crypto, click on their website, and download their white paper and read it. Because mm-hmm. these cats are talking in two different languages. One, they're speaking English mm-hmm. to help you understand the complexities of what they're building. Two, they do get into the developer kind of talk. It's still in English because they can't speak pure dev speak to an investor audience mm-hmm. or somebody that's trying to understand what this technology can support, facilitate, and execute. But take a look at some of those. It's awesome. I recommend going to like Kin. Kin is the cryptocurrency from the messaging app Kick. Um, they have an awesome white paper. Then there's another one called uh, Steemit. Uh, mm-hmm. Steemit is a platform where if you write content, people can upvote it and such, and you can earn crypto there or whatever, right? But mm-hmm. the white papers for those two, two completely different ones. Yeah. One's really technical and, and rich. The other one is more conversational and you can understand it, but still technically rich. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. So they're 20 pages, 15 pages, easy to read, yeah. really valuable on how they're communicating their business value and such. The other one would be a company called Start Engine. Start Engine is a platform that allows people to do fundraising. You've probably heard of Indiegogo, Kickstarter, and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, Start Engine is a platform that allows for SEC-regulated crowdfunding, um, you know, fundraising. Mm-hmm. And if you go to any one of the, the 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 offerings that are up there, and you click on like dis- discover an investment or whatever, scroll down to the bottom of their pitch, mm-hmm. and there's a a big button that says like offerings mm-hmm. or uh, you know some other language. But click on that, and you'll see the business proposal. It'll tell you how many shares they're offering up, what the prices of the share, how they value their company, what the company's made up of, who the partners are, who this that, how the shares are distributed between owners, and what's available for investors and such. Mm-hmm. Fascinating stuff to read. Again, it's all plain English. Yeah. But I think those two tools are great ways for you to start educating yourself. And like Start Engine is great because you can go down that thing and find things that you're interested in. They have mm-hmm. everything from companies that are st- starting to do electric cars to cannabis farms to barbecue sauce, you know? Mm-hmm. So you could find anything that's of interest to you and learn there. Or the crypto, same thing. There's a lot of cryptocurrencies that might be, you know, in your wheelhouse and you find interesting ideas, technologies, lines of business that they're working in that you can learn from there too. But I agree 4,000%. Start educating yourself on things that aren't designed. Mm-hmm. Start educating yourself on things that are basically financial related, uh, technology related, um, business related, politics, yeah. you know, contracts. Don't be afraid of a contract. Grab your, your cell phone bill when it comes to you next time and read that contract. Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised at what they're hustling <laughs> you on. It's cold-blooded. But read that stuff. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah. yeah. And I'll recommend um, as well. I know a lot of people who are in the, the, the blockchain space 
still recommend that you read Satoshi Nakamoto's original white paper. Mm. Um, I think it's like 10 years old recently. Um, But I think, you know, people say that it's a lot of it still holds true as far as how well, how, how to explain what it is that's being built um, with this technology and then, and why? Yeah, and why? And and, awesome. and then additionally, uh, I I've always kind of held that uh, the closer that you can get to to startup world, the better that you're going to understand business as it scales to all these other enterprises. Uh, and a great resource for those kind of initial pitches and um, business strategies and business models and, and funding strategies and things like that is Crunchbase. Yep. Uh, from TechCrunch, I, you, you can go and see like essentially any company that you can think of uh, is there and you can kind of see some of the fundamentals uh, there. And and, and that really helps you get started uh, down that path of just kind of educating yourself on what these mechanisms are behind the scenes um, that are working to, uh, you know, keep you paid as an employee. But the more that you understand these mechanisms, the more power that you're going to have in your day-to-day interactions uh, with your partners at your day job as well as uh, with your partners should you decide to start something on the side. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Crunchbase, I love. Uh, uh, TechCrunch, which I think they got to be somehow. Yeah, uh, Crunchbase is from TechCrunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, and uh, so. the, the final thing I, th- I think I'll touch on is this idea of um, just a fully creative play. And uh, I think we as creatives all have within us this desire to make. And, uh, you know, we, we channel it through our, you know, maybe it's product designer, graphic designer, what have you, uh, to get the paycheck. But a lot of us, uh, I've found, it's really interesting, we have um, a number of different side hustles. Like I know woodworkers, I know, uh, you know, podcasters, I know illustrators. Tattoo artists. Uh, and we got DJ Freddie Stone sitting here. Hey, get it getting in. in getting in, uh, get getting on that turntable. And, uh, you know, I think it's important that we also have that just kind of creative play space yes. um, to help. With no rules. It's nice. No rules, yeah. yeah it's, uh, it's, it's lovely. And the DJing, I love it because yeah. there's no rules. I go home, get in the lab, do what I want to do. Yeah. You know? And, and that's important. I think it helps to recharge that creative battery because ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, that's what uh, we're being employed to have. That mm. Everyone is creative, but I think the more that you flex that muscle, the, the better you are at that creativity. Um, and that's what we're paid to, to be and paid to do. So it's important that we find ways to uh, spark that creativity within ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, I think it's a good place to stop. Yeah, I always enjoy our discussion. Absolutely. Good times. Thanks for listening. To stay up to date with all things colored by design, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. And if you liked what you heard, we appreciate you leaving a positive rating on your platform of choice. And we'll see you next time.